listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of ST Times. And now, here's Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of ST Times. Yes, hello, everyone. Uh, As you heard, I'm Dave Rubenstein, and this is What the Dev, the weekly podcast of ST Times. Uh, Today, we have the pleasure of talking with uh, David Sandilins. He's the Principal Solutions Architect at Puppet who has written a book called Puppet 8 for DevOps Engineers. So we'll be discussing um, what he believes that DevOps engineers need to know today, how their jobs are changing, and uh, other aspects like that. Thanks for being with us, David. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, David. Yeah. So, yeah, let's talk about the book. Uh, This is very interesting. And uh, I know you discussed the state of DevOps engineering uh, so what are you seeing uh, for DevOps engineers? Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, it's, it's quite an interesting thing of the the, the the title, which, you know, was my first title in IT of system administrator is um, sort of disappearing and it is being replaced by DevOps engineer. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what we've seen in the state of DevOps report over the last few years. Right. Um, I think it's kind of a, a broader title and it kind of reflects, you know, things like platform engineering coming into play and um, kind of much greater integrations and much uh, greater levels of self-service that um, consumers and customers expect um, of DevOps engineers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, years ago, actually, uh, my former company, BZ Media, had launched a a newspaper called SysAdmin News, which Mm. would be, I guess, less relevant uh, in today's world. So uh, I know you're saying that the sysadmin role is kind of going away, being uh, replaced by DevOps engineers. So how is that job actually uh, changing and growing, and and what are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, I think the uh, I mean, I almost wouldn't say it's going away. I'd say it's evolving because um, mm-hmm. you know I think you you know I was personally attracted to being a sysadmin way back because um, it was quite a central role. You were involved with infrastructure, so you got involved with storage and networking and you know various other teams, and you were quite central. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you know the way technology has moved. You know, you, you start to see far more things in terms of you know going out into public cloud, in terms of um, you know expectations on provisioning and integrations with applications, and just generally how people expect to consume developer platforms now. Um, you know. That that is going to move system administrators who you know have evolved their skills to come into into those platforms and into those um, you know developer platforms in particular, um, you know, with tools like Puppet at the you know at the centre of that. Uh, but you know, having a much greater expectation to integrate all those tools together, uh, you know, d- developers who are consuming from those platforms expect just to be able to. Um, feed in uh, you know their requirements and you know have flexibility mm-hmm. um whereas at one point you know a more traditional system administrator would have kind of just deployed their linux or windows platform you know windows or linux uh, os and you know just expected things to be layered on top of it and that wasn't their job mm-hmm. gotcha so yeah all, all we're hearing about today is the developer experience that's the most important thing uh, and then we also hear about platform engineering, where organizations are trying to put up guardrails to prevent tool sprawl and things of that nature. Are those uh, two competing ideas, or do they uh, play well with each other, platform engineering and the developer experience? What, what's your view on that? I, I think they play very well together. I mean, what 
you know, I mentioned the State of DevOps report before, and Puppet's most recent version of State of, mm-hmm. State of DevOps report focused particularly on platform engineering because uh, we'd seen the kind of general, um, generally in platform engineering, uh, sorry, generally in DevOps, we'd found that organizations were uh, were relatively static. A lot of them had kind of got into a kind of middle level of evolution. And when we looked at previous years of um, State of DevOps report, to try and focus in on one particular subject, we found the most highly evolved organisations, um, you know, stood out as using platform engineering, um, and I think one of the reasons for that is, you know, coming from a banking background myself, a lot of organisations, you know, found a lot of advantages taking, you know, getting into DevOps, uh, but then they found they had a lot of um, a lot of different processes and a lot of different departments trying to do the same thing with varying success because not everyone has the skills to do that provisioning right. And it kind of becomes a distraction away from what their actual objective was. So I think then when you have good platforms, you know, be they sort of IaaS platforms to deploy, um, you know, traditional VMs or, or you know, containerization as a service, it, you know, it allows developers to focus on what they really want to do rather than have to think about, you um, you know, what should be solved problems within departments and organizations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, good one. Uh, I know, uh, you know, uh, having had the uh, advanced copy of the book, I know that there's a, a bit about, uh, you know, talking about code structure and deployment and what is the right way to do it and some of those core concepts. Maybe you could share some of that with us now. Yeah, absolutely. So I think what I was very keen on getting to was trying to avoid some of the mistakes they can typically have with, happen with Puppet. Uh, you know, you, you, you'll typically have a group like, you know, the Unix admins or the Windows admins are, are the sort of leaders in that, and they kind of get their operating system set up to be configured with Puppet. And then, you know, from that success, they then kind of have um, various application teams or, you know, they want to be part of a platform or, or be one of the components in a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one of the very key things for me is that, when we're kind of creating modules, we want to make sure those modules are well contained. We want to make sure the parameters on those modules allow are exposed in the right way to allow um, other other users to interact with them. And you know, within data, and you know, particularly within if you kind of integrate Puppet well with things like ServiceNow, which you know we 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 have integrations for, that you know you've exposed the right thing in the right data layers so that users don't have to get too much into the mud and, most importantly, don't have to have uh, a Puppet platform engineer as their gatekeeper. You know, they, they want to have the self-service control to pass the data they need to pass to, to, you know, for, for their necessary things. They don't want to have to rely on you making decisions for them. Yeah. So I'm curious to know, with uh, the world wanting to shift everything to the left for uh, security, testing, governance, uh, you know, all of this. How does that impact developers and and uh, how do they deal with, uh, as you said earlier, you know, being able to focus on innovating without being sidetracked with all of these other tasks? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think, you know, when you create the right kind of platform and, you know, you're able to, um, you know, standardize a, a lot of these things, like, you know, like your OS build, knowing that, um, you know, if you're following the kind of ideas in the book of the right kind of, 
you know, in, in public case setting up our spec testing and you know server spec testing. So you you have the right levels of testing all there in you know in the platform. Um, and you know, if you kind of form communities of practice together to kind of discuss what should go into the, these platforms and what should be standardized there, you know, you, you, you can allow users to understand um, and developers to understand, you know, what is all built into various levels of platforms. Um, and, and, and in that way, um, you know, they can shift these things left and, um, you know, have it provided in a standard way, but, you know, you know, have it discussed. So it's not, it's not kind of what I would almost describe as the sort of bad old ways of org where, you know, it was that Henry T. Ford thing, right? You can have any colour of car you want as long as it's black. Right. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's having that genuine discussion between developers and between ops, you know, and, you know, into your platform to say, you know, these are the requirements and, you know, having a good uh, product owner in Ooh. particular for these platforms so that they're, you know, they're constantly evolving and constantly managed and you're looking for the patterns of what your developers are, are, are needing and, and what they're using. Perfect. So uh, let me ask you. So Puppet Eight came out, I believe, in April, a few, just a few months ago. That's right. Uh, yeah. So you know, what are some of the new things that are in there that uh, you know DevOps engineers should be looking out for specifically? I think you know. So for for the level I, I'm aiming the book at, largely um, Puppet Eight is, is is not a revolution. Um, you know, one of the key things for Puppet Eight in terms of more Integrated developers as Puppet Eight is uh, moving into Ruby three, um, so there are more things under the covers uh, that change. And if you are developing your own custom Puppet providers and things like that, uh, then you know, or you're doing kind of more specific Ruby coding uh, for Puppet, then you know that is far more of a concern for you. Um, I think for kind of day to day users, I think one of the most impactful and useful changes is actually. Uh, by default in Puppet 8, we choose not to report if something has not changed. So historically, um, Puppet, you know, in terms of what you were enforcing, would report, you know, you set up this user, nothing's changed with it, and it would, you know, that would be sent back in the, you know, in the the event of Puppet running uh, an enforcement run. Uh, but now it's only reporting what has changed. And I think this reflects the fact that Estates have got so much larger and so much more complex, and the, you know, a lot of users initially felt they wanted that, but as puppets evolved, I think we're seeing now it's just too much noise, and it's a lot more data to store just to say something hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. Um, now you can, of course, turn that back on, but it's just for Puppet Eight that is a default. In Puppet Seven, that option is now there, um, so Puppet Seven remains as reporting that. Um, you know, reporting all events, but you can now switch it so it matches in with Puppet 8. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in, in, in terms of the rest of things, um, Puppet 8, as I said, is just kind of an evolution of things, and largely it's about kind of underlying Ruby libraries and bringing lots of versions up to modern versions, which help organizations make sure that uh, Puppet is secure and, uh, you know, we're not, we don't have kind of vulnerabilities from legacy, legacy Ruby and so on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm curious to know there's the uh, your book comes out uh, June 28th. Um, I guess that's going to be available on Amazon at that time. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So available on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, and various other uh, booksellers. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, for our listeners, uh, so what would be uh, a key takeaway or two from the book that you hope uh, people will come away with? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think for me, it's it's been a number of years since it's been a modern puppet book. Uh, so I think the key thing is, we'd, you know, we'd be seeing, um, you know, the modern ways of writing puppet uh, with, I have, I have tried to include there, um, you know, things that you will see in, in your code today that, you know, and how to modernize it, um, how the puppet platform itself, you know, how it works, how it scales. And, you know, I think most importantly of all, how it integrates um, and integrations we offer, such as ServiceNow, Splunk, and just um, patterns that allow you to access external data well. Um, and I think also one of the most important pieces I do in the final chapter is just talking about approaches to process. Uh, you know, w- one of the worst IT projects I ever had to um, review was one where the, the line I was given was that, um, you know, I asked, how would this work with change management? And they said, well, the change management is just going to have to change, um, which was very funny, but it was, you know, a complete waste of money for the project ever running. So, I, you know, I think it's just um, highlighting that thing of, you know, your organization can have processes, can have things like change management and, you know, discussing that of, you know, how you think of, you know, how you implement Puppet in those cases and thinking of just implementing it in good um, incremental ways so that you can target things to make good small gains, you know, build up your confidence and build up your automation Um and, you know, and make those slow gains in a, in, in a good way without um, you know, trying to boil the ocean or, or you know, I, I find with a lot of organizations, they have a kind of, um, you know, well, as Jim Collins, I think, you know, said, you know, big, hairy, audacious goals of how they like all everything automated. Um, and I think that can kind of result in you chasing far too many things, whereas, you know, you, you can find relatively small repetitive tasks that can be quickly automated and, you know, particularly when they're made of self-service can have very big gains. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. Uh, David Sandelins, Principal Solutions Architect at Puppet and author of Puppet 8 for DevOps Engineers. Thanks for your time, David. Great talking to you. Perfect. Thanks for having me on, David. Yeah. And I want to thank, of course, all our listeners for uh, joining us today. And until next time again, I'm Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of SD Times. So long for now.